are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want to speak to you today from Ephesians chapter 5, if you'll turn with me for just a few moments and read you one verse. Ephesians chapter 5. I want to talk about, I feel like, one of the most important things in anyone's life after you're saved, and that is to find and do God's will for your life. I'm sure that many are seeking God's will, and in fact, each one should be seeking God's will for your life, because that it means everything is to be in the will of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, there's many things I could say if we had time, if we could talk about these verses. Uh, Paul talks about separation in this fifth chapter. He talks about surrendering. He talks about the Spirit-filled life, which all of these are important. And the, then he talks about the song in our hearts. If we're filled with God's Spirit, I believe we'll have a song of praise unto the Lord from our hearts. And then he talks about the submission of in our homes, how to have a happy home. But in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 17, look at that verse. Paul said, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Notice, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I don't believe the Lord would have addressed you and I to understand what His will is if it was impossible to find His will. But I believe it is possible to find the will of God for our life. First of all, I'd like to just bring three or four thoughts to you on what is the results of God's will. What will be the results of God's will for our life? You know, to my knowledge, now I may be wrong, but to my knowledge, there's two places in the Bible where it plainly points out this is the will of God. One of them, if you're familiar with it, is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, where it says, In everything give thanks unto God, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. No one can be in the will of God and not be a thankful person. God plainly tells us that in the Scriptures. This is the will of God, that we give thanks in everything. I think about some years ago, Dr. Ernest Hancock, who's gone on to be with the Lord now, was telling me of a story uh, up in, he was preaching in the state of Maine. Dr. Hancock said, the pastor said, Doc, I want you to go with me to one of the most gratefulest Christians today that you've ever met and meet with him for a few moments. He said, went over to a little humble three-room house, and he said there was a little fella sitting on the front porch, and a very weakling-looking fella, and he said, we visited with him for a few moments, and the little fella would say, God is good to me. And before he left, he said, uh, we were fixing to leave, and he said, Pastor, I'd like for you and Dr. Hancock to step in the house with me a few moments. He said, God is so good, and I'm grateful to, for his blessings he said this, he said, you know, I've been praying that the, wife, that the Lord would give me a kitchen sink so that my wife wouldn't have to go and pour the wastewater outside, that she would have a sink to pour it in. 
And he said the other day I was going to the up to the mill to get some feed ground for uh, my mule, he said. And he said, on the side of the road, I found a big box out here. And he said, I brought it home. And now he says, I have a kitchen sink. And he said, I want to have a, a dedication service. I want you preachers to bow here with me and help me thank God for being so good to me. Dr. Hancock said, I looked over on the wall. He said, there was a wooden box nailed to the wall. And there was an old rusted out dishpan inside of that box. And the sides of the dishpan was bent over the wooden box. And he said, there was a pipe come up through the middle of the dishpan. And he said, it, and it was a pipe run out the side of the house. And this man had rigged this up as a kitchen sink. And he said, God is good. And he said, you know, I had enough lumber left, he said, until I built my wife some cabinets. Look at the cabinets. And Dr. Hancock said, I looked over on the wall, and he said, there was a piece of uh, plank nailed on the wall. He said, no doors, just had one shelf in it, and the lady had a few dishes up there. And he said, you see, God's so good. He said, preachers, would you help me thank God for it before you leave? Dr. Hancock said, I bowed there in the kitchen of that little humble home. And he said, I repented before I started praying. And he said, I thank the Lord that God had blessed this man and his wife with a kitchen sink and with a cabinet. And then he said, when I got on the plane and came back to Star, North Carolina, he said, the first thing I did was walked in the house and told my wife, we're going to have an old-fashioned dedication service. She said, what do you mean? He said, honey, many times I've walked up to these double sinks, turned the faucet, got water out of it, never thought to thank God for it. He said, we went to every piece of furniture in our house and bowed before God and thanked Him. said, I'd sit at my table many times and thanked Him for the food, but I never thanked Him for the table before. He said, I thanked Him for the table. He said, I thanked him for the little nightstand beside of my bed where many times I'd uh, turned, a, uh, turned a lamp on and read by that lamp at night. I thanked him for the bed. said, we thanked him for everything. He said, that man taught me something that we need to be a thankful people. You know, my friend today, if there's anything that's caused America to go back, it's because we're not grateful and thankful for the blessings of God. And I just say this today, that if we're going to be thankful, if we're going to be in the will of God, God, we must be a thankful person, must be a grateful person. Then there's another verse talks about the will of God, and that's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And in verse number 3, it says, For this is the will of God. These two places in the Bible where it plainly points out, uh, spells out, this is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, giving thanks is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification that ye should abstain from fornication. So we know that it's God's will to be thankful. We know it's God's will to be a separated person, to be a sanctified person set apart for the glory of God. We know that is God's will. And then I think of some more things about the will of God. Uh, the results of God's will is for us to be thankful and to be a separated person. No person that is entangled with the affairs of this world could ever be in God's will. It's not God's will for us to entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life. Uh, and then over in First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 15, uh, listen to what Peter says. First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 15. He says, For so 
is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. I believe if we serve God in God's will, we can put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. I was thinking this morning, coming on down, I was thinking about Dr. Bob Jones, Sr. We had the privilege of having him in our church and preaching in our church some 25 years ago. And many years before that, the Lord led him to come to Greenville, South Carolina, and begin the Bob Jones University when he left Cleveland, Tennessee. No doubt there was people who thought, Dr. Bob is foolish about this, but you can see today it was God's will. And I'm saying this, if we serve God in His will, we can put to silence the foolishness of ignorant men. We can shut the mouths of people if we'll just serve God in His will. Then turn over there to First Peter chapter 4 just a moment and look at verse number 19. To 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. You say, Brother Robinson, do you mean they're suffering in doing the will of God? Absolutely there is. If you listen to some of these TV fellows or some of these TV preachers, uh, you wouldn't think you ever suffer to do the will of God. That'd make you think if you're suffering, you're out of the will of God. They seem to think that you mash a button and God moves and jumps every time you say jump. But that's not so, my friend. There is suffering in doing the will of God many times. And Peter says, let him that suffer according to the will of God, let him commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. So some of the results of the will of God is that we may have to suffer in the will of God. But we'll be a thankful and a separated person if we're in the will of God. And we can shut the mouths of foolish people if we're in the will of God, my friend. Then let me say this. The will of God, as I say suffering, the will of God is not always pleasant. Look at our Savior when He came into the world. He said, Father, not my will, but Thine be done. He went to the cross. He shed His blood. He suffered. But my friend, listen, He was in the will, doing the will of His Father. He didn't come to do His own will, but the will of His Father. And so it's not always pleasant. I think of Joseph. Uh, you know the story of Joseph, how he was lied about his brother's soul, and, and all these things happened to his life. Yet Joseph was in the will of God all of that time. It wasn't a pleasant road every time, but it's always best the will of God. Let me say the will of God's not always popular. Don't get out of school thinking, boy, I want to be seen somewhere. I'm going to try to be popular. You may be popular, but you may not be popular. It's not always popular to do the will of God. Then let me say this, the will of God don't always result in material things either, in money. The will of God doesn't result in that every time. But I want to say this this morning. The will of God is never foolish. Remember that. It's never foolish to do the will of God. And then let me say this. It's never impossible to do the will of God. Uh, anything God wants you to do, you can do it. Uh, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Uh, so it's never impossible to do the will of God. Uh, now let me think. Let's think for just a few minutes on how can I find the will of God. The first simple thought I'd like to leave with you this morning is go to the Word of God first to find the will of God. The Holy Spirit lives in us who are believers, and He is in us to lead us 
and to guide us in all the truths of God. And we first go to God's Word to find God's will. Now, there's some things you don't pray about. You don't pray about where you should be a soul winner or not. The Word of God plainly teaches that. We know it's God's will for us to be a soul winner. We, I hear people pray sometime and say, Lord, if it's Your will, I pray You'd save so-and-so. Well, it is God's will to save so-and-so. It's not His will that any perish. And so we need to first go into the Word and seek and search the Scriptures, the Word of God, that we might find the will of God from the Word of God. Maybe you've been saved and you say, well, I'm praying about where to be baptized. Well, let me just help you. Don't pray any longer. The Word of God teaches to follow the Lord in believers' baptism. So you go ahead and do it, you see. The Word of God teaches for us to tithe. The Word of God is plain on many things that we can find God's will if we'll go to the Word of God. And that's very important. Then let me say secondly in finding God's will, let's look at our own lives and see if we are surrendered to God's will. I believe this is one thing that's very, very important. Uh, the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 12. Uh, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And he said, Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind, that ye may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. The only way we can find God's will is surrender our lives to be willing to do God's will, is to die daily to self. You know, back some years ago, I copied these words off of a tailor and die shop window. Now, you think of them, I think it brings out a real good thought for us spiritually. The fellow dyed clothes and tailored clothes for his living, and he had this on the window of his business. He said, I die to live, D-Y-E, I die to live, I live to die. The more I die, the more I live, and the more I live, the more I die. Now, you think of that. The more I die, the more I live. The more we die to self, the more abundant life that we'll have, my friend. And we need to realize that. And we can enjoy life if we learn to die daily, like the Scripture says. So to find God's will, we must be completely surrendered to God's will. I mean, it doesn't make any difference what we want, what He wants. And we must come to that place. Too many of us is like the fellow who was wanting to move to another church. Church and he got a call to another church, and he told his wife, he said, Honey, you pack while I pray about it. Uh, you know, too many of us have got our mind already made up. Uh, I remember back some years ago, there was a young lady came to Piedmont Bible College, which is only eight miles from our church, and she attended our church. She had joined our church, came there for four or five years. She came to me. We gave her a little Sunday school class, a primary girl Sunday school class, and she came to me. About the time she was getting ready to uh, to uh, graduate, and uh, she said, "Pastor, I miss God's will." She was weeping. She said, "I miss God's will some way in my life." And I said, "Why? What happened?" And she said this to me. Listen to this. She said, "Pastor, I gave up everything and came to Piedmont Bible College uh, to to learn the Bible, uh, and now I'm graduating, and all I'm doing is teaching a little primary class. Something's went wrong somewhere. Can you help me?" 
And I said, yes, young lady, I believe I can. I don't want to hurt you, but you've asked me to help you. I said, I believe this is your problem. I said, you thought because you left home and came to a Bible college, and now you've been four years or five years in Bible college, now you thought that God was going to set you up here somewhere, but instead God has got you down here in the primary department. And I said, young lady, you could be in God's will, but maybe your problem is you're not willing to accept God's will for your life. Young folks, I believe that happens many times. You can get big ideas, you know. Uh, but let me tell you something. If God places you, if you're studying for the ministry, and God places you back up in the hills of Virginia, North Carolina, somewhere with 50 in Sunday school, and that's the will of God for your life, that's just as important if you're in some town running three or 4,000 in Sunday school. I'm just saying, brother, surrendering to God's will is is very important. And many times we think we've surrendered to God's will, but we've not surrendered. And we must be surrendered to His will before we'll ever find His will. I mean, completely died to self, or we'll never find God's will. And then here's a point I think is very important in trying to find God's will. I could pull up and park for an hour here if I had time, and that is learn to wait on the Lord. That's one of the hardest things in my ministry I've ever done, is to wait on the Lord. Listen, as long as there's a question mark in your mind about what to do, today your mind is swaying this way, and tomorrow it's this way, and you think, I've got to move, you don't have to move. You just stand still and wait until God clears up that question mark and gives you His direction in your life. And if you'll wait long enough, God will do that. Let me share something quickly with you this morning, and I've got to hurry. Back yonder, when I was 29, I became pastor of Gospel Light Church when I was 24 years old. God's been had His hand on that church all through the years. And when I was 29 years old, I was preaching revival meetings practically every week somewhere and pastoring the church. Our Sunday school had grown to attendance of five to 550 in Sunday school. And one Sunday morning, I was snapped out of the pulpit with a heart attack at 29 years old and was put in the hospital, and laid in the hospital for 21 days. They didn't think I would make it, only by the mercy and grace of God. You say, preacher, you believe in divine healing? You're looking at somebody God healed this morning, and I thank Him for it. But then after that, when I came back to my church, the church was in an uproar. And one group come to me and said, preacher, it's this one's fault. And, and I was trying to pull them together. And in the midst of all of it, I had a nervous breakdown. And then after that, the church split. And some folks left the church. One fellow walked up to me in the midst of it and said, Preacher, you weighed 212 pounds. Now you're down to 145. You're a sick man. I don't want to scare you, but you better leave this place. God's through with you around here. And when your Sunday school superintendent walks up to you like that, and all these other things happening, and I'm not giving myself any credit, I'm just trying to get a point across it's important to wait on God. And our church split and some folks left. And the problem was, after all, they blamed the pastor with it. I got sick. I got so nauseated when it come time to preach. I wanted to get away from that place so bad. I come so close to resigning. I thought, I'm going to quit. I'm going to resign. I want to get out of the ministry. And I said, Lord, you don't want a man to come here and preach when he, when he dreads coming. You don't want him. And Lord, surely you're through with me and I'm going to resign. But by God's grace, God kept me in there. God taught me some lessons, young people. 
For two years, it was like preaching against a stone wall. We didn't have people saved, and nothing happened, and the church wasn't growing. And if any church, listen, if a split off of a split, if a splinter had given me a call to come and be their pastor, I'd have said that's God's will, and it took off. But nothing happened. I had no invitations to come to pastor any other church. God kept my feet to the fire. And God taught me a lesson. That's been some 24 years now. And for two years or so, it was a battle constantly. And after about two or two and a half years, all at once seemed like one Sunday, the cloud was lifted. It seemed like I could, in my mind, through the eye of faith, I could see the Savior standing there. And He said, Bobby, I've been standing here all the time. I haven't left you. Since that time, for the last 23, 24 years, I've seen God do things at Gospel Light Baptist Church that I'd have never believed before. Listen to me. I was as sure as I'm standing here at that time, God wanted me to move. And if I had moved, I'd have moved out of God's will. But I believe with all of my heart there was a time of waiting in my life. And it's hard to stand still, but you young men get out of college and start pastoring churches. The first problem comes up, don't you be ready to run. We need some men, by the grace of God, will stand, my friend, in our churches. That's a problem of our churches all over the country. We've run and jumped from this one to that one to the other. I'm just saying, learn to stand still and wait on God, and He'll show you His will for your life. That's very important. Learn to wait on the Lord. Then let me... To ask you this, this is something else I think will help us to find God's will. Any decision that we're going to make, ask ourselves, will it honor the Lord? Will it honor the Lord? The Bible says, whatsoever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If it doesn't bring honor to the Lord, then it's not God's will. And so ask yourself, will it honor the Lord? Then I say this is another thing I think that help us to find God's will is a burden or a need upon our hearts. The Lord will lay a need and will show us a need if He wants us to go that way. Back yonder some years ago, I thought about how we need a Christian camp at our church. And I didn't know which way to go. One day I walked in a little place, in a little town about five miles from me, sat down and got me a hot dog. Southern Baptist preacher was sitting in there, and he spoke to me. He said, you know, I know where a nice camp is for sale in Hillsville, Virginia, 65 miles from here. He said, our association wanted to buy it, but we don't have the money. Do you know anybody would be interested in it? I said, I might. He told me who to go see. I went to see the men, and today our church owns a 139-acre beautiful camp in the hills of Virginia, just 65 miles from church. God put a need there. That's the way our bus ministry got started at Gospel Light. One Sunday morning, I was called out of death, and our church family was on my way back to church. And I seen a bunch of boys and girls playing out uh, around a trailer park in a mobile park home. God began to put a need on my heart. And that's 17 years ago. And our bus ministry has been going since then. Christian school the same way. I believe God will put a burden there when He wants you to do something. And stand still until He clears up exactly which way to go. And He never leads contradictory to the Word of God, my friend. Remember that. These are just some ways that will help us to find the will of God. And then I say another thing will help us is to look at our talents. You know, the Lord never gives talents where He doesn't give the ability to accomplish their talents. 
I remember a man in our church, been in Bible college for seven years, came to our church discouraged, depressed. He had tried this and tried that and tried the other. He said, Preacher, nothing happens. Uh, nothing works right. And I said, how about going out on a bus route, going out Sunday and picking up some folks and bringing them to church? And he tried that, and he found out that's what God wanted him to do. You see, sometimes we'll try to do things that God doesn't give us the talents to do. But if we're willing uh, to, to look at our talents and see what can be done best, then God can use us if we'll do that. I'm just saying, let's make sure that we're laboring in God's will. And God's will is never foolish, my friend. And remember, there's no big eyes and little U's in God's will. God's will is the most important thing for our life. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.